welcome to another episode of Memories and Musings, creative adventures of me, artist Claire Jasmine Beloved, as I wildly wobble through the world. Travelling to the eye of the storm, Reverend E, the end of the line, and Big Sir. It was Pacifica, New Year's Eve. I watched through the reflection in the hotel window glass as huge waves crashed over the sea defence wall and washed onto my window. The restaurant sign outside the hotel rattled violently back and forth and the hotel itself seemed to lurch from side to side in the storm like a boat out to sea with my room at the helm. Across the courtyard I could see a New Year's Eve party in full swing. It was its own microcosm of chaos, unperturbed but also a reflection of the wildness outside. I watched for a while as the whole spectrum of human, drunken, ridiculous life unfolded before my very sober eyes. A woman was in messy tears as her handbag and emotions spilt open across the dance floor amid stumbling feet and disco lights. Old friends swayed to favourite songs with arms around each other, loudly putting the world to rights and dreaming the new year alive. A man insisting they love someone over and over loudly down a mobile phone in the rain outside my window, with his bow tie wrapped around his forehead. I felt like it was going to be a long night. Above me I saw the flashing lights of planes leaving. On one of them was my now ex-girlfriend flying back to the UK. We kind of already knew it was over before we booked. We hoped, as you do, that the magic of my faraway favourite city would glue us back together. Instead, it shone bright Californian neon lights on the chasm between us. The whole sorry situation pulled out painfully for a week or so, like a nagging toothache as we both tried to pretend everything was not as obviously over as it seemed. My friend Mary Corrigan kept lifting raised eyebrows and smiling nervously at me across tense cups of tea in coffee shop meetups, as if to say, "Uh, what the fuck is going on here? It was like something needed to snap but nobody could quite work out how that would happen in the middle of a holiday at Christmas far from home. Eventually, life itself was so fed up of us that it decided to deliver the perfect solution. This came in the form of a timely sermon with Reverend Dr E at the church Mary Corrigan attended. East Bay was a magical, colourful, alive place, unlike any church in the UK, which became like a rite of passage tradition each time I visited. It was full of affirmation, fabulous swaying, clapping and gospel singing and shouts of, I love me, yes, I do. A stark contrast to the dark, tortured Catholic church of my youth. I'm a sinner, yes, I am. Reverend Dr. Eloise D. Oliver was the minister of the East Bay Church of Religious Science in Oakland, an iconic soul with the most fabulous wisdom, style and clothes I've ever seen. 
Her colourful head wraps and stunning rainbow gowns had me gazing in awe and waiting to see what creation she would sashay down the aisle in each service. That's even before the eloquent, deeply distilled wisdom starts flowing out of her. One time we visited Alice Walker was in the congregation a few rows ahead of us and I later found a poem she'd written to Dr E which described her better than I ever could. On this particular week it seemed the good Lord, all the goddesses above and Dr E had decided enough was enough and channeled a juicy spot-on sermon and a clear, perfect list of reasons why this romance was doomed. As the sermon finished with a rousing hallelujah, my girlfriend took my hand, looked at me and said, I guess that that is it then. You are just too big for me. My dreams were stretching larger into the future than hers, and it was over, and the Reverend Dr E had delivered the miracle redemption and release we both needed. Hallelujah, indeed. She decided to fly back to the UK late on New Year's Eve, too painful to stay and pretend for a moment longer. So here I was, in the middle of a storm, in a lonely, impersonal hotel room, with two giant queen-sized beds and only one small bedraggled lost queen, me, feeling suspended between one place and another, between the two years. I ordered bad room service and confirmed twice. Yes, that's all. Yes, that will just be for one sad person. I turned on the white glaring computer screen. I was desperate to drown out the drunken revellers and find some sense of purpose to occupy the last few weeks of my visit. I remembered that I had always wanted to visit Esselin, in the Big Sur. I'd long read about the magical landscapes and racy hot baths in books by Gabrielle Roth, Joseph Campbell, Ram Dass, Anna Halprin, Maslow and Pearls. It was one of my wishes to go. And right now, I really needed a dream. I logged onto the website and was overwhelmed by the choice of workshops. I hadn't heard of any of the teachers but one seemed to describe exactly where I was. The Eye of the Storm, or, as the title said, The Eye in the Storm. I pressed the button to book, spent the last of my savings, and took the final remaining place on the course, which started in a week's time. Meanwhile, Mary C. and Michelle took me to suitably distracting places the week before I went, movie trips and juicy bookshops. The day before I was due to go, I went for some over-vigorous reflexology in a dodgy-looking nail bar and was violently ill for the rest of the day and night. Poor Michelle was staying with me and got no sleep or peace in the Kabuki Hotel with its stylish but totally revealing, embarrassingly impractical glass bathroom doors as I held my head over the toilet for six solid hours. I was still green and weak the next day and lay on the back seat as Michelle drove me to Berkeley to catch a lift. A share from a stranger who Esselin had connected me with for the four-hour drive there. 
I think the driver was the lovely Sarah Hallman, but the details are all a bit of a blur now, and maybe then. I apologised profusely to everyone in the car, lay down on the back seat, put my head over my coat and promptly fell asleep for the whole journey. It was battering rain, stormy, dark, and we wound and wound and curved upwards, the car being pulled about on what's already a pretty treacherous, wild, winding road. From the front of the car, I could half hear my fellow travellers chatting excitedly, catching up on what programmes they were going on and who they hoped to see and people they both knew. While I felt sick as a dog still and a little scared, wondering what the hell I was thinking and just what was lying ahead. When we finally arrived five or six hours later, it was pitch black and torrential rain still. It felt like I had arrived at the end of the longest road into a different world. We pulled up at the little gate and I woke disorientated with a flashing light in my eyes. Someone was being blown out of the entrance hut wearing a bright yellow raincoat and shining his torch in the car handing us paperwork and keys and a big cheery welcome to Esselin. It felt like we had arrived at the eye of an actual storm. I can't remember how I got to my room in the big house at the edge of the ocean. I couldn't see more than a few inches ahead of me. But I fell straight asleep with no idea where I was or why the hell I was there. You can listen to more musings and episodes and find out what happened next over at my podcast and check out my website www.clairebeloved.com. Thank you.